Nexus Church is all about cultivating an authentic Christian community where old and young alike journey with Jesus and are transformed by the gospel. May we be challenged and inspired by the power of His Word. We're going to jump into the Word of God this evening. And uh, we're going into a Connect Four uh, series or this is, well, we've done four weeks of it, so this is like Connect 4, Appendix 1, Subpoint B, um, and uh, it's really, we've talked about what we connect to. We connect to God, we connect to others, we connect to our city, and we connect to culture, and how good was last week hearing from these people, uh, Kendall and Matt, how they influence um, the workplace simply by being a lover of Christ and being intentional with his heart for humanity. And, uh, and so tonight, it's not necessarily what we connect to, but it's what we connect through. And what joins us together, uh, we are a conglomerate of his grace. We are um, pieces of his, mas- uh, of, of his workmanship. And, and God would not necessarily um, build us all uniquely, but together, well, he has, but together when we come... T- here, we sit under the one roof, under these lights here, uh, and we all come from different backgrounds, we all have different stories, uh, but there's one thing that connects us all together, and uh, that's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, we are connected through our brokenness. <laughs> so, tonight's message is on brokenness, and you're all saying, Amen. Amen. But I just want to uh, talk about the beauty of brokenness, the beauty of brokenness, because we're connected through it. Um, so once I, I got this picture from Christelle, my beautiful wife here, um, through the week, and uh, there is this place in Russia which is a beach, and it used to be a dumping ground. It used to be a waste disposal area uh, for all different types of tiles, clay, pots, uh, glass, porcelain. Uh, it was a pretty much a wasteland, a dump yard. And so they decided, well, let's just put all the rubbish into this one place. It's isolated. It's away from everybody. Uh, it's dangerous. It's polluted. So if we cut off this one area, then um, that's where we can put all this material, all this waste from a porcelain tile factory. Now, the beautiful thing, and if we want to show uh, the first slide, uh, this is actually the beach now. Before it was isolated, before it was polluted, before it was disgusting, before it was uh, just a dumping ground, a wasteland where nobody would go. In fact, it was dangerous to go there. But now, over the years, it's turned into this incredibly beautiful beach that is safe to play on, and people pay money to go and explore its shores. It's that beautiful. Uh, And and, and so, if we go to the next slide as well, uh, what you see here is millions and millions of fragments that were discarded and sharp and dangerous and their destiny was to rot 
and waste away in this secluded place. But over the years, through uh, the process of erosion and being turned in the incessant action of the waves, we see here that it's rounded off those sharp edges of the glass, of the porcelain, of the tiles, and it has made these beautiful shiny pebbles that, is actually, that illuminates at night in the moonlight as well. Uh, if we go to the next slide. And so it, it just goes on forever and forever and forever. And this is all because uh, it was dumped um, from this local factory and now it's just constantly churning up. See how beautiful those shards that were gl once glass are now beautiful rounded pebbles. And uh, it's even safe to play on. And the next slide there, and if we leave it there, that's like a mosaic of every colour, of every different type of material, where its destiny was turned to waste, now its destiny is turned into something more beautiful. If that's not a picture of the church of God. You know, individually, we find ourselves cracked. We find ourselves that we might feel like, what a waste. What is this for? But in the beauty of God, those sharp pieces of our life, under the hand of God, in the waves of his grace, he's so gentle with us as he receives our brokenness. See, I grew up with an idea of God that God does not want to embrace your brokenness. He will only accept what you give him if it's perfect. And so if I picture a clay pot, you know, uh, here we have one here. I think that it needs to be perfect. It needs to be functional. It needs to have a purpose. Um, and, and I find that if, if I'm broken or if, if just some of the circumstances of life be crushing, I'm just like, I can't bring that to God. Like I remember the time when I was um, when I was in high school and in primary school even, you know. And kids are a bit mean; they pick up on what you're different, what's different about you. And I had to wear an eye patch until I was in year nine. And so you can imagine all the types of comments that were coming my way in the schoolyard, right? Up until year nine, I was 14. But every time someone made a comment. I remember going to watch Jumanji, the original Jumanji at the Sunshine Plaza. And uh, I was with my best mate, Andy. And uh, we, were, we were walking across the bridge to the movie theatre at the Sunshine Plaza. It was a Saturday. I was only a young fella. And so a day out at the Sunshine Plaza to watch Jumanji, that was an awesome day. Like, we didn't have a life back then. All right? Um, we had to play Nokia on the snake on the Nokia 3310 and, and all that sort of stuff. So to go to see Jumanji, it was awesome. Um, and then I just remember this group of friends, or they weren't friends, but they were people who went to Maroochee High School on the other side coming to the bridge. And these guys had given me a hard time. It was a Saturday. I was out of school uniform. And I still remember their looks. I still remember what they said to me, out of school, out of uniform, and those scars hit deep. Those scars are like somebody 
coming and just you've got your life together and you feel like you're moving ahead, but because of circumstance, because of what people say, you know, it feels like somebody's cracked. That was a bit rough, I'm sorry. I'm still traumatised by it. Um, But you can see that these cracks leave a harshness, don't they? And they cause you to have some self-narratives. They can cause you to feel like you're lost as a person, that you can't function, that you believe what people believe about you. You believe the lies that other people have spoken about you and you adopt them as your narrative. That Cam, you'll always be different. Cam, there's something wrong with you. Everybody knows it. Cam, you'll never fit in. And it, those lies superseded and, and, and encroached on every sphere of my life that I've had to work through. But you can see, like, it's so harsh and sharp and painful, and sometimes they cut across you. Sometimes there's an image or there's a word that just brings upon that pain. And, and, and you think like, God, would you, what would you do with this? You want me to be perfect. You want me to be right. But here I am struggling to have any sense of self-worth, struggling to find myself in this big wide world, trying to rediscover what my purpose was because now I feel like it's crushed. And and we all have this thread of brokenness in our lives where we have fears, failures, disappointments, uh, we have pain, maybe rejection, all these different threads of brokenness that have kind of brought us together. But what do we do with our brokenness? If I just ended the, the story there, you'd be just like, thanks for church, Cam, you know, like can't wait for this week. <laughs> no, but, but we have a God that identifies and empathizes with our weakness. And this is the most beautiful part of my spiritual journey, is to see how God deals with our brokenness. That the sharp edges of our life that we try to hide and shy away from people so no one else will get hurt, no one else will see these scars well, actually, in the incessant action of God's grace, His Holy Spirit ministering to us, it takes off those sharp, hard edges and turns them into something beautiful. And there, so there is beauty in our brokenness. Now, I only have a white mug that I brought tonight, but if each of us brought a different piece of pottery that might rep- represent your life, and we brought it to the altar tonight and we smashed it and we threw it together... Well, it would actually be quite beautiful. I would say it would become a mosaic, a mosaic that illuminates with colour, that is a picture of God working. It's a picture of his grace. And this is a picture of his church, that the church is not perfect. The people who go that are in his church are not perfect. Far from it. That's why we need him. We don't We don't have him to show off and to take a moral stand and act superior. We come before him in humility because we need a saviour who will accept us as he is willing to accept others. And this operates as the mosaic of life 
And that's what brings us together. We are connected through our brokenness, but gee, it's beautiful. Is this making sense? Okay. Um, so I just have this, pic, uh, this scripture here. We have this treasure in jars of clay in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. I just love that scripture. I could stop on that scripture forever. The God who placed the moon, the sun, the stars with his fingertips, he says, may his light shine in, his, in our hearts. Make his uh, light shine in our hearts. The, at creation, when there was nothingness, the world, world was out, all, without order and, and, and void, he spoke light and there was light. And the same God who did that, the creator of heavens and earth, is the same God who wants to illuminate his light in our hearts. That's quite freeing, isn't it? And why? To give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. It's always to reflect Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and is not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I love those four paradoxes that Paul writes there in Corinthians, but not. It's almost like I'm at a loss, but I'm not at a loss. I'm squeezed, but I'm not squashed. Uh, I was at a loss when we were driving through France. Uh, we picked up a hire car in the middle of Paris. I had no idea how to get out of the city. And uh, I'm learning to drive on the other side of the road, on the other side of the car. You know, it's a manual and it was just, it was horrendous. I was at a loss. But I wasn't at a loss because I knew that eventually if we just kept going around the Arc de Triomphe or whatever that crazy roundabout is, that we'd get off there somewhere and finally find our way home. I was totally at a loss. I was confused. I was befuddled. But I knew we could keep going. We are knocked down, but we are not knocked out. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly, like a clay pot, we are wasting away. Remember, Paul is referencing these jars of clay. Yet inwardly, there's a treasure that is within you that's inwardly being renewed every single day. That's the treasure. The treasure is not this outward appearance, although I would love to look like Nat Cameron. <laughs> but the best looking human on earth. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but, but inwardly, we are being renewed because the life of Christ in his resurrection power is coming alive within us. This is the treasure that we need, need to uphold. And this is the treasure that unites us. And this is the treasure that turns our brokenness into something beautiful. This is the treasure that turns something that was polluted into pure. This is the treasure that turns something that was isolated by itself, designed to be a wasteland, brings it all together that people would flock to and enjoy and find safety in. This is uh, the treasure that rounds off and makes beautiful even the hardships of our lives, even the deepest pains 
even the secret side to us that we wish no one would know, even those internal thoughts that we say that we've never vocalised, Jesus wants to embrace that, receive that, and turn it into something beautiful. Jesus always continues the story. That's what I love about him. In every gospel story, he always does, and he never puts a full stop, and there's never an end to any gospel story. I love that. We move on to the next story, but we never read about the life of that person the next day, and that Jesus is still with him, and that Jesus is still with that lady who was caught in the act, that Jesus is still ministering by his spirit to the lady who had issue of blood for 12 years. We never read those stories, but the truth is there that he is continuing to renew, to make whole, to restore. So, so our, our story becomes beautiful in the seas of his grace. And this is what connects us. This is what turns something that was, you know, we live in such an individualistic society. And when we say, well, look at my pot. My pot is more popular. My pot is dressed up more. My pot has Crocs. Um, yeah. Um, my, my, my pot has more money. My pot is all together. Uh, and, and we try to walk around and try to compare rather than create and be together. And where we don't know where I end and you, and you begin. And, and that's the beauty of it. See, clay pots were like the throwaway containers of the ancient world. We all have our favourite Thai, Chinese, Filipino restaurant. And, uh, and so we get these uh, containers and we never know what to do with them. I've filled enough containers with screws and random nails and all that sort of stuff. So I just throw them out now <laughs> in recycle. <laughs> but um, just doing my part for the world so we don't get beaches like... Anyway, um, but um, yeah, that's right. Jars of clay, they were the throwaway containers of the ancient world um, where if something cracked, it didn't really bother them because they'd just go get another one. They were cheap, they were useful, um, and uh, just so common. And as Paul's writing this, he's just relating jars of clay to common humanity. And he's saying, on the outside, you're wasting away. Uh, When I look down at my arms, I see about 12 puncture wounds from a dog (laughs) uh, that weren't there last year. I'm getting marked, I'm getting scarred. Gee, that was another story for another day. But... um, but we're wasting away, but inwardly we are being renewed day by day. That There is so much treasure, the life of Christ in our hearts, the resurrection purpose of Christ, where he's wanting to minister his love, his grace, his identity over you, saying, if you would focus on me, I will make something beautiful and I'll embrace every aspect of your life. Uh, I'm just going to read a few scriptures just to create some more context. And as as I read these scriptures, I would love for you to sort of have two imagery pools in your mind. Uh, The first one is a broken pool where we see hurt and there's words that illustrate pain and heartache. But then I want you to 
um, concentrate on another pool, which is the seas of his grace moving in our lives. And we see here the very nature and attribute of God of how he embraces our brokenness. So we don't need to shy away from giving him the hard pieces, the shards of our life and saying, I'm unworthy, I can't bring you anything of significance. Um, but what he actually does with that. The first one is Isaiah chapter 61. And this is the scripture that Jesus uses when he announces himself at Nazareth in Luke chapter 4. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to comfort all who mourn and provide those who grieve. Uh, and so we see these two pools that Jesus identifies that there is broken hearts, that there is those who are grieving, that there are those who live in darkness, that there are those who are prisoners. But we have a God who embraces that, receives that, identifies with that, and turns something into beautiful, uh, turns it into something of beauty. That he brings freedom for the captive, he brings sight to the blind, he restores the soul, to bestow on them a, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of despair and a, of, of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called of oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Psalm 51, the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. That word contrite means penitent or repentant. It means that I know and I'm fully aware of my sins. And instead of hiding my sins, instead of hiding my deepest flaws and being ashamed of it, well, I can actually come to you. And in John 1, it says, He who is faithful and just forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That he receives it and turns it into something beautiful. That this is the offering that he's looking for. A broken spirit, a contrite heart. Not perfection. And he, and he named this with the Pharisees. Is a, you're all obsessed with cleaning the outside of your cup. But on the inside, it's dirty as. It's like someone hasn't clean the dishes after drinking instant coffee for the last two months. It's, you can't get rid of the stain. And, and, and Jesus is saying, there's something more precious than the outside of the cup that you're so conscious of. It's the treasure that's within the cup. It's my spirit. It's my life. It's my plan. It's my love. And it's for you. It's for you. And if we share his love, it becomes this mosaic of beauty and splendor for the Lord's glory. Psalm 34, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Paul writes, my, uh, and, he, and this is the words of Christ, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your perfection. No, it doesn't say that. My power is made perfect when you've got it all together. No, that's not right. 
My power is made perfect. When you've read your Bible eight times, no, that's not right, it says. My power is made perfect in your weakness. My power is made perfect in your brokenness. And this is the offering that we need to bring to the Lord on a constant daily basis and say, Lord, I'm humble before you. I've failed. I've sinned. I don't know what's going on. I'm cut. I'm wounded. There are shadows in my heart, but I want you to light it up. And I just wash myself in your grace. And Lord, would you use it for your glory? And I just want to finish on this. We talk about our own brokenness and we all have our stories. We all have those moments in time where we just have those, that, that jarring, that cutting across in our hearts. Maybe regrets, rejection, whatever it might be. But I want to talk a little bit about the heart of Jesus, how he identifies, because he himself was broken. When he's giving communion with the disciples at the Last Supper, he says, he gives them a piece of bread and breaks it before him and says, this is my body broken for you. There is going to come a day where my, my whole life is going to end in a state of brokenness, but it's going to mean your healing. It's going to mean your wholeness. It's going to mean your acceptance into the kingdom. Isaiah chapter 53. And if you want to close your eyes for this one, just as we finish off, this is our beautiful Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This is what he went through. And this is how he identifies with our brokenness, that there is not one thing that he cannot sympathise with. There is not one thing that he hasn't excruciatingly felt. He's felt rejection. He's felt pain. He's felt heartache. He's felt isolated. He's felt abandoned. It says in Isaiah 53, He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Another translation is acquainted with grief. Like one whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and inflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before him, its, shear, its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. He poured out his life unto death. Jesus, we thank you that you have experienced and can empathize with how we feel. And Lord, I pray that 
even as we read this, that we will have a new revelation of the depths that you went to in order to embrace, accept, redeem and make whole and make something beautiful out of which was broken. Lord, you were broken so that we could find wholeness. Lord, you were despised so that we could see your beauty. Lord, you were cut off so that we could be brought in. And, and, and Lord, you have done this purely because of your great love for us. So let our hearts be changed in the way that we see ourselves, the way that we see the world around us, this, the way that we see the crushing and the pressing and the brokenness in our humanity, the brokenness before you. Let us see that you can make something beautiful for the splendor of your glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We hope this message encouraged or perhaps even challenged you in your Christian faith. Our pastors meet regularly with people to pray and support them and we extend this invitation to you. Please let us know if we can contact you to offer support. Simply call the office or visit nexuschurch.com.au.